The Women's Fund for Scotland is Scotland's only dedicated fund for women and girls. I'm Susan Morrison and this is our podcast where we talk to inspiring women improving the lives of those women and girls today. In this episode, we head to the far north to Aban Outdoor to meet Johannes and Kate, who are building girls' resilience by tackling their great outdoors. You won't get me out there, that's for sure. It's cold and horrible. Johannes, what do you do? Aban is an independent charity. We're very small and we're very new. We only started three years ago. And what we're trying to do is run an outdoor centre in the middle of Inverness so that Local families, local children don't need to go on a three-hour coach ride to get to an outdoor centre. They can just do stuff with us outdoors, healthy, positive stuff. What does healthy, positive stuff mean? Well, first and foremost, I think it means building really healthy relationships with each other, with their friends, family, and with our leaders, mentors. So relationships that last for years. And that's just a lot easier to do outdoors. Like I can't stand doing a dinner party conversation, but if I go for a walk alongside somebody... That's that's a lot easier. And I think most teenagers would find the same. Yeah. Uh, although, what if there was a dinner party outdoors? Ha ha. Which is, technically speaking, a barbecue. Kate, are you, uh, I am guessing that you are also of the outdoorsy inclination. Would I be right? Yes, that'd be right. Yes. Yeah. So I grew up in Inverness. Um, my parents moved here before I was born for the, all the wild nature that it allows Um in and around the city so I was really excited to get involved in in Aben when Johannes was setting up. So how did you get involved? So I was doing some mountain bike work um, for another organisation and we wanted to um, collaborate and run something in Inverness uh, for local teenage girls Um, and so uh, way back in 2021 I knew Johannes a little bit through other um, like outdoor industry we'd done a bit of winter mountaineering uh, kind of stuff together so we knew each other a little bit we lived close to each other um, but this was our first kind of professional collaboration working with teenage girls to run a mountain biking camp from the centre of Inverness where we would ride every day from a, a central base um, locally and then build up to an expedition at the end of the week. Okay so that sounds really uh, scary the word expedition <laughs> frightens me slightly um, but before we go on to that and how to why teenage girls? Uh, Well, I think teenage girls are a really important group to engage. Um, I mean, I guess personally, I was once a teenage girl um, who rode a bike. (laughs) And um, I remember not many other teenage girls doing that and feeling a little bit like, oh, I do this, but it's only boys who've got BMXs or, you know, boys who go to the woods and do jumps or whatever. Um, And and so I kind of stopped um, when I got to that teenage age of, you know, caring about what I looked like and maybe makeup and am I attractive and you know all that stuff um and I think that's really big for teenage girls you know that it's known that there's a drop off in um exercise and activity levels and also so much social pressure so I think to have a space for teenage girls where it's positive to be active together and where girls can meet other girls who are also wanting to be active and healthy um and kind of recognize that muddy is beautiful and just you know go and have fun together <laughs> Joanna, have you ever considered having that put on a t-shirt muddy is beautiful <laughs> I, I i haven't up until the minute kate just said it but i think we're, we're now going to do it next week <laughs> because there is a direct connection uh, i also between exercise and mental health was that what drove you johannes to set this all up to begin with yeah in a word there's a short answer for you 
I mean, th- th- this all started just um, during lockdown. If you wanted a readily apparent example of, of why the outdoors is, is good for people, then th- that was it on a plate, wasn't it? So Yeah, it, it, it was. And to, to actually get people to get outdoors, I think uh, there's nothing like that breath of fresh air, is there? Mm-hmm. 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 I'm, to- I'm told. <laughs> I mean, I, I could I would just think back to to the very first pilot activities that 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 we did. So that that was just two of us voluntary basis, and I remember we we made six spaces available for really simple forest walks for 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 young children. So we had six places, and I put it up online, and a day later I had seventy seven zero seventy families asking, "Can we take part?" So. At that point, I was like, well, parents knew that their children needed to be outdoors and needed to be away from screens. Kate, do you find it uh, that teenage girls are having some kind of mental health crisis right now? Or is do you th- is that something that really is out there? Yeah, I mean, I think I notice a lot around image, particularly and social media and how that emphasises the value of image and um, over anything else. You know, um, you're wonderful if you're if you're beautiful and you're posting selfies on Instagram and, um, you know, it's all about how you look. And, and I think there's a connection between that and that reduction in exercise, that reduction in maybe wanting to be outdoors so much. And, and it takes quite a lot to... A battle against that but then of course you get all the mental health and well-being benefits by being active and by being outdoors so it's like there's this real tension there for teenage girls that can be really really hard to resist I think. Yeah because it's that, that's part of the challenge that they suddenly they start to abandon those activities and, and start to take on more destructive activities I, I feel um, like they don't go outside anymore or they don't exercise anymore but how do you how do you persuade because there is nothing harder to persuade than a teenage girl Right. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and I, well, I think there's definitely something about community and other people um, and positive role models. So um, I guess having female leaders who are role modeling those behaviors, I think is really important, but more important than that is the peer group. You know, uh, when you're a teenager, you just care about your peers, don't you? And, and I think what we noticed when we, we first set up, well, when we first ran um, the initial camp, you know, there was a lot of uh, shyness, nervousness, you know, uh, am I like those people? And it was a real mix of backgrounds of girls that we had come along to the first uh, the first camp. And really, once they started to get to know each other and build that like connection and, and I guess sense of safety within the group, they were able to open up a bit more and realise that actually they had quite a lot in common, although they were from really different backgrounds. And then they were able to kind of in- inspire and encourage each other because they were at different levels as well. Um, and and that, was, that was really amazing to see how, especially some of the more timid ones at the start, could be really inspired by the ones who were slightly better riders. And then the ones who were better, who'd maybe grown up, there was a couple who'd grown up in quite outdoorsy families, but they felt quite isolated and like, you know, my mum and dad take me to do this and this is a bit weird and, you know, no one else does this as a teenager. So then suddenly to be amongst a group of other girls who do that, it was like, oh, this is actually really fun and really cool. So I think it's about building that shared connection, um, friendships, peer community uh, as well, persuade people to stay involved, I guess. And skills, I assume, I, I imagine. Yeah, I think developing skills as well. You know, everybody wants to experience that kind of sense of progression and, and uh, development in something. So, yeah, yeah, I think. And then you can build a, a lot of confidence and a bit of self-worth based on something a bit more meaningful than a selfie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely power in that too. Yeah, when I was growing up, the biggest 
biggest threat we had to our self-esteem, well, we had lots of self-threats to our self-esteem, but it was a magazine, it was the girly magazines of Jackie yeah. and that sort of That's thing. Like just and 17. Just 17. Yeah, I should actually withdraw Jackie from that because they had agony ants were very good, but just 17. Well, how do you know that? You're far too young. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Johannes, you uh, got some funding from the Women's Fund for Scotland. Uh, what yeah. was that actually for? So so if we just backtrack to that first camp that Kate was mentioning a minute ago, that, that was just an experiment, really, a, a pilot. And, a, and at that point, we just had to charge it at a commercial rate. So I can't remember, Kate, how much? It was 300 and something. 300 pounds or something for the week, for five days, wasn't it? Which is like, that's that's a lot of money, you know, 300 pounds. So, so we finished that camp and we reviewed it um, together with the Adventure Syndicate, who were really helpful. Um, and the thought was, well, that was great, but we need to find a way to do this that doesn't cost 300 pounds. And then it's it's kind of taken us what eighteen months to to figure out the the formula, which is <clears throat> it's basically a, a social enterprise formula for for the wider organisation, but then it still relies on basically in, injections of grant funding from generous funders like the Women's Fund for Scotland. And the short answer is is paying for competent, experienced, professional leaders like Kate, uh, like others who work on the Girls Bike Club. So we're not a volunteer run organisation, and that was a kind of a conscious choice early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the grant funding basically pays for the, the professional leaders. So just tell me, um, either of you, what, what actually happens on one of these camps? Well, the Girls Bike Club that we set up, we wanted it to be a progressive series of sessions that then led up to an expedition so that the girls would have the opportunity to get to know each other, build strong relationships and get the skills to be a bit more independent. So we ran like an open session. And they, we had about 12 girls come, which was brilliant. And then we asked them, you know, what would you want from this kind of thing? What would work for you? What time? What night? Uh, so we set that up and did uh, eight weeks of after school sessions, four till six uh, with two leaders uh, and had a, a mixture of um, attendance. And we did local rides. So riding from the base, we spent quite a bit of time doing like games and you know knowing each other's names learning a bit about each other as well as the cycling so the rides were actually quite short quite local um and then progressively got a bit longer and we were always kind of asking the girls you know where do you want to go what like where would excite you you know where do you want to explore and one of them might come up with an idea and we would so we would go to that place um the next week and then we built up to an expedition in the summer. So we went to the uh, Cairngorms National Park on the train, which was brilliant, um, and went on a bikepacking overnight camp, uh, cycling around Loch Eneelan and Loch Morlick, if you know that area. Uh, and we, we bivvied just at the end of, of Loch Morlick. You must see these young women change slightly. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, did they become more confident? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in a lot of different ways. Um, so socially, like the first couple of meetings, you know, I remember being sat and me and the other leader were like trying to get them engaged in these games. And, you, you know, a few of them would be quite attached to their phones. And to, to try and get that social interaction was quite a challenge at the start. Um, and, and we're really working hard thinking, like, how are we going to build this in? And and then a few weeks later, you know, you'd notice they'd be a couple of be riding along, talking to each other, or we'd stop and they, you know, they'd huddle together and sit and, and have a chat. So actually, that social bit was really, really big for a lot of them, um, and the development and the social confidence. And then I remember when we went on the expedition, it was just 
just amazing. They were like operating as a group, you know, we're all riding together, thinking about each other. Because we we tried to build in a lot of independence um, and like teaching them the skills so they can take the lead. And it's not like us riding at the front and them like little ducklings behind, you know. So we've been doing quite a lot of um, that kind of thing. So I think that, yeah, the main changes is that social confidence for some of them, that leadership. Um, so, so actually stepping up and making decisions and being the person at the front and keeping the group together and then the actual progression in bike skills. Where do these girls come from? The Aben base is based in a place called Merkinch in Inverness um, and the aim was to work with young people around that area. So it's one of the more uh, deprived areas of Inverness um, and then there's some areas around and about there that some of the girls come from as well. Uh, so some of them have got you know have got parents who are, are like engaged in the outdoors and ride bikes so the parents have kind of been really supportive in, in getting them to come along and, and others have come through this kind of youth network or we've got quite a lot of connections into schools as well uh, and so working Abin's done a lot of work with um, young people in schools who maybe aren't so engaged in education like after school club kind of work and so some of the young people have then come through that engagement. Uh, so they don't have, you know, they don't just don't have the parental um, background and cycling support to be in the outdoors, you know, money to buy kit. So, so it's, yeah, big, big range. And I think there's loads of benefit in that as well, you know, bringing people, well, girls together from that background. Yeah, from the start. Was that a deliberate policy, Yannis, to sort of engage with after school clubs and kids who kind of switched off from education? Yeah. Basically, it, it was, and it, it has evolved. Like we, we started off running some uh, things in school timetable time to begin with, uh, which was okay. But we very quickly got excited about the idea of youth work and children opting in to say, right, I want to come after school to you and join in. So that that's just become our kind of stable offering now. Is that everything happens either that there's a girls bike club on a Thursday after school four till six, but then we also meet on a Sunday morning uh, for a mountaineering club. So we can actually get teenagers out of bed at 10 o'clock on a Sunday, which is which is quite good. Sorry, sorry, what, what? <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's it's fully booked. It's really good. Um, so yeah, no, that, that that was definitely deliberate. And and then I think what had to go alongside it was um, this stuff around the equipment because it can look really off-puttingly expensive. Like, and, and mountain biking, to be fair, is one of the worst outdoor activities for that because you look at the pictures in, in the shops and it's like, wow, that's going to cost me thousands. So it's a very deliberate choice that, we use all secondhand equipment, unless it's like, you know, a helmet or something. We buy them new, obviously, because it's safe. But like it, everything else, like the staff wear secondhand equipment and we have this free of charge gear library. So people just borrow stuff. And and then I guess, Kate, it's also about the style of riding that you choose to do just in terms of what bikes and, and, and things like that. That helps too, right? So I'm confused. Styles of riding. Remember, I'm here, Kate. So, <laughs> so um, I guess there's lots of um, different kinds of bikes these days and ways you can ride bikes. So like road, you can just stay on the road if you want to, like on tarmac. Um, and those kind of bikes would have smoother wheels uh, and be less bouncy. And then you've got bikes that can do a little bit of kind of off-road, like gentle off-road. And then you've got like a bit more extreme, like trails and tree routes and rocks 
hikes and uh, more sort of downhill trails. And we've got everything here, uh, like from where the office base is or where the where the girls' bike club is based. There's there's like everything you can imagine. You know, we can go go th- along the canal on a kind of gentle, relatively flat path. We can go up the hill into the forest, and and there's more technical trails. Or we can stay on like the roads, like the quiet roads uh, around and about through the town. So we wanted to make sure it was accessible um, for that range of ability, which is always quite a challenge. <laughs> but with two leaders, you know, we can provide a bit of differentiation as well and uh, offer like a bit more challenge to those who are ready for it um, by, you know, one of us going just taking slight detours or working in, in slightly smaller groups and then meeting up um, or doing more skills with those who need it. So that's been really beneficial. Do you feel that you're giving these girls a good solid foundation of self-confidence for the future? Yeah, I think so. Um, I had a lovely chat with a parent the other day. Uh, we just bumped into each other at the leisure centre and she was telling me the story about her daughter and her daughter was one of the more uh, the quieter members of the group when we first started and continues to be quite quiet but quietly confident now. And uh, this mum was saying, she was like, I don't know what's happened to her over the summer. Like, she's just, like, become a different person. She said she was in school and speaking to the PE teacher and she would always be one of those girls that, like, forgot her kit or, you know, would have an excuse to get out of it. And she was like, her PE teacher was saying she's participating every week and she's, you know, she's just so much more confident. So I guess it's both, you know, it's the bike riding, the physicality, that's obviously tied in with her PE confidence and her feeling like, you know, I can be a teenage girl who's active I, but also it's the, it's the other little things, I think, you know, that ownership that we're giving them, the kind of just the little tasks where it's their responsibility to, you know, book the train t- tickets for the trip that we went on or, uh, you know, th- those little things where they're actually very much part of it. So th- there's a couple of things that I wish in the future. One is obviously, Johannes and Kate, you're, um, you're building up an army of determined and confident female bike riders. And I would like to see them take on the traffic in Edinburgh. <laughs> Well, do you know, they're so keen. We've been asking them after the expedition, like, what do you want to do next? Where do you want to go? And some of them are like, we want to do more expeditions. You know, can we go away for like two nights or three nights? Or, you know, can we go to another city? Or like, they're really keen to keep exploring. So that's really exciting. And I, I, for one, would welcome the invasion of our two-wheeled cycling goddesses and Amazons. That would be amazing. Take that. That's the reason I don't I don't cycle. I would like to, but I'm terrified of cycling in Edinburgh because it's really quite scary. And yeah. I think that within 10 minutes, I'd be up on a murder charge multiple times. So, which is probably because I don't have a good grasp of my temper. But the other thing is, uh, Johannes, this is a brilliant model. Would you like to see it exported to other areas or would you like to work in other areas? It's nice of you to ask that question, but actually what was really funny was we were able to take on our first like salaried member of staff earlier this year. And we'd been working together for a few weeks and then suddenly the question came up. It's like, Johannes, what is actually the plan for Aben? And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, okay. That's in my head. We better get it down on a bit of paper. And so we do now together with, with the trustees, we, we do have a plan and the plan is not to leave Inverness. The plan is very much to stay in our little corner, West Inverness, serving Inverness High School, serving Charleston Academy, which which are the two schools in, in our patch. And um, and basically to get better, not necessarily to get any bigger. So, you know, we've only been around for three years and there's a lot of stuff that on the outside, I know we are doing a good job, but internally there's just so many little jobs that need to be tweaked and improved and changed and things. So we are consolidating is the word. 
I think it's about the depth as well, isn't it, for those young people um, and and the, the multiple opportunities that those young people can then have to make connections across the different uh, clubs. So like some of the girls bike club group, for example, were involved in like a swim event as well. Um, and, and some of them go to the mountaineering club. So to come in from backgrounds where they just would not have had that opportunity or knowledge that that stuff even was a possibility. You know, they're now like actively biking. Some of them trained for this big swim. Um, they're exploring the mountains outside of Inverness and, and making those friendships along the way, which is incredible. You both inspired me to go and try riding a bike one more time. Thank you very much, Joanna and Kate. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for joining us and listening to this story. I hope you've been inspired. And if you would like to support the Women's Fund for Scotland, search for us online and listen out for our other podcast episodes.